0: welcome to your magical life podcast a sacred space to explore create and manifest more magic into your daily life i'm crystal homeschool mom to two wildlings and lover of all things witchy
1: and magical and i'm ash your resident art witch and priestess helping you trust your intuition through art and divination hey welcome back to the show crystal how are you doing today
0: Hi, I'm doing awesome. Thank you. How are you doing, Ash?
1: I'm doing great. I'm excited we get here. We're gonna dive right into the deep stuff. Um, so we've got our first few episodes already recorded, edited, ready to go, and now we're getting into the the main stuff here.
0: That is awesome. I am excited for today's content. Excited and a little.
1: Me too. Nervous.
0: I don't know why. That's
1: okay to be nervous. Like we're, like I said, we're jumping right into the deep stuff. Forget about the basics. Let's just go for the harder topics.
0: All right. So, what are we talking about today, Ash?
1: <laughs> we're talking about shadow work today. So, let's get started with first, what is shadow work for you?
0: All right. So. Shadow work to me is basically looking at your whole self. As we know, there's light, there's dark. Uh, When you have a bright light, it casts a shadow. And something I read just earlier today is the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. Um, And so we all have this within us. There is not one person who's all light. There's not one person who's all shadow. Um, And so we all have this within ourselves. And so shadow work is to really look at ourselves in a loving, compassionate, understanding way and embrace all parts of ourselves, even, or I should even say, especially the parts that we deem unlovable, the parts that we deem, um, you know, ugly, you know, those parts that we don't want to look at that we're sh- we have shame, we have guilt, um, you know, judgment of ourselves or from other people. These could be childhood wounds. They could be, um, inner teen wounds. They could be, um, things that have happened, traumatic events throughout our life. Um, and, even if you've had a great life, you still have a shadow, things that you would rather not take a look at. And so when we're talking about shadow work, um, it can be messy. It can be a lot of tears. It can be deeply heartbreaking to look at traumatic, you know, dig up the stuff that's trauma for you. Um, But it can also be such a beautiful act of self-love and compassion by accepting and, um, loving all of yourself. So to me, that's what shadow work is in a nutshell, is just to look at yourself, your whole self, the light and the dark, and to love the light and the dark. And um, to really also, I think a big part of why we do shadow work is that we are all living, you know, um, with an ego, you know, that that really, you know, kind of runs the show. They think the ego no thinks it knows what's best for it. It thinks it's trying to protect us. For example, oh, I had this traumatic event. Therefore I want my person to not experience any more pain. It's trying to protect us and says, well, this is a trigger. You know what's happened in the past, Crystal? Well, when you had a fight with this person, they said this and, you know, and then you acted this way. So you better protect yourself. And, you know, they always act this way, you know, and so you're triggered. So when we talk about triggers and shadow work, I think that's how they tie in. And so we do shadow work so that we're not as triggered. We can step back from a calmer space and say, oh, that's a trigger. That is, you know." something that has happened in the past it is not happening in my present that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen in the future but um i can look at this element of my life now and know that i'm being triggered and then therefore i can um come to the world from a more healed space and my relationships are going to be better Um, and just my relationship with myself is going to be better as well so that's what i think what about you Ad? that's
1: you you have a way with words as always <laughs> that was perfect i love that um description of it especially towards the beginning you said if uh, you're, if you have a really bright light then it's going to be a bright a really dark shadow like the bigger the light the darker the shadow there we go that's what she said um i love that because yeah if we're um if we've done a lot of work on ourselves already and we're vibrant and talkative and out there and like letting ourselves be seen then there's gonna be things um in that shadow that we have yet to work through um so for me shadow work is yeah being able to look at that shame that guilt that um there's things that um some people might call embarrassing or you know feel like i wish no one knew that being able to look at that stuff and love it um it's not about loving yourself in spite of it it's about loving yourself with it because of it um and I like to say like being able to walk hand in hand with your fears or hand in hand with your shadow um you know because if we're if we haven't done the shadow work yet then we're trying to hide it we're trying to sweep it under the rug ignore it and then it's just like getting bigger (laughs) it's just getting worse and harder to handle so if we actually take some time to dedicate to looking at it to working with it um and to loving it then it is not as um it's not as hard to handle it's much easier to walk with your shadows um, if you can accept them and say yep i got all these issues and i'm still good <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, this can be a very private process, something you do on your own, could be something you share with a close friend like we are doing, Um, or it could be part of a group setting as well. You know, I am currently in a shadow work masterclass or workshop, I don't know what you call it, um, with a woman named Kristen that I just randomly, randomly (laughs) connected with on TikTok. You know, I was spirit completely guided us and, and, um, you know, um, put her on my path and her on mine, you know. And um, I, as you can hear, am well-versed in shadow work, have done my own shadow work, have read Journey to the Dark Goddess and gone down into the underworld and given up everything, surrendered myself. Um, highly recommend that book. I'll drop it in the comments. <laughs> um, and um, it, it, but I've done my own shadow work. However, sometimes your ego will not allow you because it's trying to protect you to look at what you really need to look at to open and unblock yourself to then energetically move on. And I felt that way. I felt like I've done a lot of work on my own, but I needed an outside person um, to, to kind of just help me shine that light, focus it on the deepest parts that I really, you know, Really, really didn't want to look at, you know, and um and so you know if anybody is interested, um, I'm gonna drop her email address below. It's hello sunshine212 at gmail. And she is doing um wonderful shadow work workshops if you feel that you need additional support. However, you do not need to go do a group shadow work, sometimes just regular talk therapy or um medically assisted, you know mushrooms, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, uh, hypnotherapy, there's all sorts of options for you to really dive in, um, to your shadow and look at it. But one of the best ways that I looked at my shadow was actually one of your card creator coven workshops, um, on shadow work. And I swear the practices that you gave me were life-changing and I still do them to this day. So I really would love you to share with our listeners um more about your process of how you use creativity to dive into the shadow
1: yeah i i would love to share because that was that was a powerful workshop for me too um and i was the one leading it <laughs> yeah um so when i do a shadow work workshop like that or when i do it for myself too oh, Side note: I love that you said that it can be a personal practice like this. Yet we're um, broadcasting this podcast to many people, right? So not at all personal practice here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I do a workshop or do this for myself, I take something that I know has been triggering me. Uh, maybe it's something that someone said about me, or something that's come up that like really upset me, or um. Maybe I don't even know what it is yet, but I know that I'm going to sit down, dedicate this time to shadow work to uncover what it is. Um, you know, if I'm feeling energetically off. Um, and then I take that time to meditate on it, to like go to what's the worst possible thing from this happening. Um I feel like I need an example here. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's okay. Please, I would. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. What do I want to share as an example publicly? Because <laughs> we're not talking privately. Yes, I'm not sure. Um, okay. So we'll do. Okay, we'll do this one. Ooh. So, and I'm showing a card. This is an artwork I created, which we'll get here. So I kept having these dreams about snakes. Um, and they were not comfortable dreams about snakes.
0: Can you show the
1: card really uh, quick
0: one more time? And yeah. uh, we'll describe it for our listeners uh who are not well, sure
1: that makes sense. <laughs> so this is one of the cards I created. It's got a um, so it's a three and a half by five card. Um with a snake painted on it and drawn on it. Um like a rattlesnake. And the snake is just swirling around on the card. Um you'll be able to see it all on Instagram. Maybe we should we can post pictures on Instagram when the episode airs. Love it. Um so I was having lots of dreams about snakes. It was like, what? This is uncomfortable. Like I can't deal with any more snake dreams where like everyone's getting bitten by a snake. (laughs) right like no one wants that um so that was the time when i needed to sit down do some shadow work figure out what is going on here so i would go into meditation i would write down what i was experiencing in those dreams like how i was feeling how the people around me were feeling um and i did some research too of like what um i can put in the show notes to the book that i love for um, looking up animals that come to you. And so, you know, I read what snakes mean for that as well, which is transformation, shedding skin, um, shedding layers and going deeper. And so I do the meditation. I write down um, everything that's coming up, like start putting together little pieces, you know, of what's been going on in my life. Like, what am I ready to let go of? What's transforming in my life? And then when I feel like I've gotten through all of that, then I start putting it onto paper. Um, and so I, that's how I use the creativity in my practice. I know I went off on a I love slight it. tangent before I got back to the creativity. That's part. okay. Um, <laughs> I love
0: how you so brought it to the
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge part of my practice too, because um, that's, that's like the subconscious, or like our higher self speaking to us, um, without our conscious mind saying, Nope, that's not right, that's not real. <laughs> so, I, I use dreams a lot. Um, but the creativity comes through once I have done this, the meditation, once I have written it out, once I've figured out, you know, why these things are coming through or coming up right now. And then I get it out onto paper. So like this card and all my other cards in my deck, I draw it out. So in this case, it was as simple as a snake. Sometimes it's, um, you know, more abstract or color based or, um, you know, sometimes I have to make up the picture. In this case, I was just drawing the snake that I, um, you know, kept seeing in my dreams but sometimes you might have to get a little bit more creative or outside the box with what you actually put down but getting it out onto paper is what takes it to the next level because then you can actually see your shadows you can physically see them in front of your face and um that is what takes it to the next level so that you can like really work through it you can look at it and like start to um Start to let your heart rate slow down and relax and be like, okay, I can see this thing. It's okay. Still okay. Everything is fine. <laughs> I will get through the next transformation or I will shed this next layer or get rid of this thing that's not working for me. But at being able to see it on paper in front of you is more than just words. Um, really changed the game for me when I started doing that um, to be able to work through.
0: Thank you so much, Ash. And I would just like to reiterate everything you said is so true. And this is coming from a non-artist. I know you say everyone is an artist, but, uh, you know, I think art comes naturally to you. Art, uh, you know, is not as natural to me. However, um, There is something so magical about your process because I've done so many of the meditations, you know, either guided or uh, just on my own and um, journals again with a prompt or without a prompt, free writing, whatever, you know, um, I've done all of those different things, but you know, you, you meditate, you journal and then you're done. You know, usually that's the end of the process, but adding in your element of then creating a card and you know you and i are card lovers and so cards seem natural to us but this could literally i mean be on the back of a napkin or um you know a, a big oil painting or you know i mean it could be any form of art that it feel you feel called to it could be rock painting you know whatever it is um but um you know taking the meditation what you've learned journaling it out onto paper if you like and then distilling it into images that then it it just grounds the message it actually uh, lets it out instead of keeping it in it then moves through your body into your hands and out into something that is tangible that is tangible here and I say I'm not an artist but look what I did I'd say that's pretty awesome like I was so proud of all my cards, I was like, "Look could you go? You know, I felt accomplished. And, you know, and not that all of them are, you know, so, so beautiful. You know what I mean? Um, you know, some are, you know, much more, you know, simple, you know, feeling your emotions rather than letting them explode. You know, this was one that was really, you know, um, important for me. I was shoving down all my feelings, not speaking my truth. My throat chakra was closed. And I, I saw that wounding. I saw that trigger. I meditated on it but actually putting it onto this card as a volcano. Now I have this along with like a whole, you know, bunch of them that I've been doing. I have a deck and I, I can a look at it throughout the day. I visually remember as I come into a situation where that trigger is happening and I either have a chance to shove it in or, and then later it's going to explode or to speak my truth in the moment, which is something I'm working on. um, I I brought up this feel it card to mind or as I'm shuffling, you know, like maybe it's later and I'm going, I'm like, Oh, what do I need to work? Oh, feel it. Like that's going to come up today. And I can see, um, it's not a deck that, you know, I mean, all my decks are great. These are beautiful cards, but these, you know, they come from someone else's brain, someone else's shadow, someone else's and, and we are all connected and have similar experiences, but no one is just like you and can create something that means what it does to you.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, I have decks that I love too. So like I'm by no means saying you can't make your own deck and love other people's decks because everyone, every one of the decks has a place. But um, I think that when you do a meditation and like journal it out. If you just stop there, I feel like you're doing a disservice to yourself. And I know that's like so popular practice. And my dogs are playing in my office
0: right that's now. That's all right. We love dogs. and <laughs> yes. Freya, we welcome the yes. goddesses always, <laughs> in any form. I,
1: always, even if they're fighting. <laughs>
0: i mean sometimes um, the goddesses you know have some issues with each other it you've read your mythology <laughs> don't cross
1: exactly and, and we're we're in two different pantheons that's here that's too right. good. greek and norse
0: that's right so already there's some
1: issues <laughs> um, but i feel like the popular practice is you meditate and then you journal about it and then you're good to go but um and for some people that might be great, but I feel like it's doing, it's a service, at least to me, if I just stop there, it's like I've, I've done, you know, 75% of the work and then it's like, right, I'm done, I'm good. <laughs> but taking it the next step of creating the art of that visual that you can see, whether it's a card or a piece of art that you hang on your wall or sit on your desk or whatever the case might be, you're um like you said reminded of that thing um of that feeling of that work you did and you're able to go further with that practice and um you know if you're physically holding that um you know if you're physically holding that shadow then you can come back to it you can get comfortable with it over many times of looking at it and you can also like have this practice of okay i'm taking this the shadow on this piece of paper and i'm gonna set it over here and like be disconnected from it so that's another um great way to use that creativity of i can look at it i can get comfortable and also i can set it aside right now and still enjoy life over here.
0: <laughs> I love that. And, you know, I'm going to bring up something that our good friend, Trisha, has told me. Um, she's mama PhD. Um, I love following her and um, her podcast with our other friend, Jill, the, in the queue, um, love and life in the queue it's a great podcast um anyways she and i have these great conversations and it's so pertinent to what we're talking about that separation of kind of the different parts of us and i um for example like you know if um you know like you're always feeling like oh people are judging you or you know or like let's say um you know you feel like um you know, like people are attacking you, you know what I mean? Um, so like, you name those parts of you, like, oh, I'm feeling really attacked. That's Annie. And she always feels attacked. Okay, attacked, Annie. Um, I see that you're feeling attacked, but it's okay. Not everyone is attacking you, Annie. And you'll give her a hug and you say, thank you for being here and part of me, Annie. But you're going to need to take a ride in the backseat. And, you know, higher self, Crystal's going to step up front, you know, and take take the reins, you know, Um, or like, oh. I'm feeling judged. Judge Judy, get in the back seat, you know, like Crystal's here, you know, um, and you just can name your triggers and giving them like a funny name, you know, um, and asking them, thanking them. First of all, don't shame them and say, oh, you know, gosh, Annie, you're always feeling attacked. No, we understand why you feel attacked, Annie. You have been attacked in the past, but guess what? The past is not the future. And let's not bring this in, you know, like, um, and, and so I really think that I like how you said you can take that card acknowledge it acknowledge the shadow and put it to the side and i think that's like again with the naming that's what you're doing you're acknowledging it and then putting it to the side you know because you can act from that space of calm
1: i love that i love the naming and yeah like once you once you have a name or like even have a conversation because now you have a thing sitting in front of you to have a conversation with mm-hmm. um you you can feel that column, and I I remember in the last in that shadow work, um, workshop that we did, um, this was the card. So we've got like a, a oh, nice. orange block on a road with like a rainbow sky behind it, and I just noticed I have like gold stars oh, in the sky. Those are beautiful. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I rem- I remember um, doing creating that card in the workshop alongside you and I remember like through the meditation even through the writing the energy in my body was just like really shaky like really like I mean like my hands were physically shaking and then once I got through that like if I had ended at the writing like I still would have been shaky and very ungrounded but by the time that I had finished making this card, I wasn't shaking anymore. Like I, I didn't feel the energy. I like I had come back to that grounded space.
0: That's amazing. Talking about the um, <laughs> grounding yourself into that moment because it is so important. You can actually use different crystals as well. Find phallus, this really cool crystal has it to write. now this tiny tiny thing you wouldn't say that crystals could be so powerful but it is and i i almost lost it right before ash saw me i was like oh i found it and it was a piece of dirt i was like no that's not it and then i really found it and it is a very cool um pyramid double pyramid shape i don't pass it to right and i'm gonna read about it i love my crystal store shout out healing oaks crystal in simi valley Um, They have these little cards that talk about exactly what it is. So listen to this. If you are into shadow work, a crystal, tiny, mighty, but small, that you might like is called Cassiterite. It is an extremely powerful crystal that aids the user in releasing energetic debris, past trauma, and breaking down old forms. It's a stone of transformation. Cassiterite resonates at the doorway of birth and death, formation, and destruction, and is known to aid in shamanic journeying. It is a crystal of initiation, and it's used in meditation and can be useful in crossing the thresholds to the underworld. This crystal can be used for spiritual grounding, energizing, and connecting to source energy, and facilitate the release of past trauma, letting go, and releasing old patterns. So... I mean, if if any crystal says shadow work, this is it. Also, you know, I mean, smoky quartz, labradorite, all those other things, um, Yeah, you know, is very important. Um, so,
1: I love um, that.
0: yeah, I don't know if there's any other crystals you use. Per- oh, I've got some multivite on. This is uh-huh. a crystal of trans. That one. <laughs> very strong, um, you know, so so uh, uh this is this is not for the weak of heart um you know this one might be a little bit more gentle if you're just getting started with your shadow work um but you yeah. know uh, smoky quartz ro- uh, moss agate anything grounding i love like for example um this is a uh, septarian stone it's like i call it dragon's egg too because it oh. looks black. Like this one's in the shape of a bear, of course, which also different. I've never heard of that before. Really help you work through your shadow. You can just be open to who is calling you. Um, you know, uh, to work. You know, vulture is very common for shadow work, and, and um, bear. Um, um, anyways, those those are what's coming to my mind at the moment.
1: Maybe I should finally finish my vulture artwork that I started last year.
0: Please do, because, because
1: vulture was my guide for like a- ages um why and definitely a great shadow work <laughs> why yes. um because it's all about taking what people think is ugly and unseemly and shouldn't be looked at and turning it into something beautiful um because vultures clean up what certain things that people don't want to look at and in return the earth is receded and things start growing again
0: exactly exactly i mean i just love it i love it and again it you know is one of those where it just really um you know it's so perfect the 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 image of vulture everybody thinks it's ugly but you really have to look at it and it's part of the ecosystem. And like, you know, mm-hmm. people want to just live love and light, love and light, rainbow sunshine. And that's just not how the world is. Like you have to acknowledge the shadow. You have to sit in it. You don't need to rush through it. You don't need to do it so you can be okay. Do it so you can be healed. No, you do it because that's what we do just to accept and love all of us. You know, it's not to get further, you know, on the path or whatever it is. Um, where I don't think that's yeah. should be the main reason
1: yeah love and light culture we'll call it because love and light is great but we'll say the love and light culture of only think about the love and the light you want because if you think about other stuff you'll manifest the other stuff too. um it's very harmful it was harmful to me and i have no doubt i'm not the only one because if we're just um pushing the stuff that isn't considered love and light under the rug, then we're just being really harmful to ourselves, and it's a very toxic mindset to just ignore all the bad stuff and only focus on the good stuff, and just be like love and light. That's okay. all I need. Mean. Absolutely, that's just, that's just very toxic.
0: It is toxic positivity, man. I mean, I really, yeah. You know, the pendulum has gone too far. One, you know, like we just gotta get it in the middle. Um I wanted to bring up, because we're talking about um, animal spirit guides, I have been very called to work with Dragonfly, other people may as well. This candle is from Spirit Guide Apothecary, he makes the best candles. Um, Each one comes with a little guide of how to work with them, and um, some different things about them. And so Dragonfly is a master of light, it says, um, it's iridescent magic connects us to other realms. where transformation can occur. And that just, again, reminds me of that, um, the other realms of the underworld, you know, to, to talk about, um, you know, journeying to the dark goddess, um, to our shadow selves. And, um, you know, Hecate, Hecate, um, is, um, (laughs) one of the most well-known images, uh, of the Dark Goddess, Three Faces, I believe. I haven't worked too much with her, mm-hmm. although you have, and I have recently, like last night in the shower, been called to work with Hecate. She's like, so so I am so curious to know, and as our listeners, I sh- am sure, also to um know who is Hecate? How will we know if she's calling to work with us? What does she have to do with the shadow? Um, what um Um, what can we do to work with her
1: yeah so I've I I feel like I've been called to Hecate, and I know I say it differently I've heard it pronounced both ways it's okay Um, I've been called to work with her for years and um, she is the goddess of witchcraft or one of many Um, she is a guardian of um doorways so like opening doors to new places such as the underworld or new opportunities um she is also all about the crossroads so yeah. if you're at a place where like a which way to go she's the one to call on to help guide your way um so especially if it's if it is in that shadow work realm where you don't know what's going on which way to go hekate is the one to work with to figure out which path is yours which doorway you need to walk through um and help you through that transition i Um, love that and lilith is another one that i work with a lot from the underworld um, because she wrote rewrote her story oh like, she was told that she has to be, you know, in this, in this garden that's, like, too perfect, right? And that she was shamed for eating the apple, and there's the snake there. And, um, it, funny story, if you don't mind my going off in a different different direction here. I had a dream about a tree with an apple, with a green snake, moving through the tree and i forget what the snake said to me but i had a dream about this so the snake said something about transitions or something or other and three days later or maybe not even three days later maybe the next day i got the book Um, i'd ordered it before the dream but the book arrived after the dream that was um what's it called this is like my favorite book why am i struggling (laughs) the holy wild there we go the holy wilds by daniel dolesky and the first like whole section of it was about lilith in the underworld and she has the tree she has the snake she has the apple in that transition and um going through seeing what was real because this beautiful garden was actually fake because it wasn't what she wanted um and she was demonized because she broke their rules um and so i've loved working with her too because of that story rewriting and following your path of what you want as opposed to what you know society tells you you're supposed to have and even if society okay. demonizes you for it, it's okay because yeah. it's not really about you.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that Lilith. I've not worked with or heard that story either. Um, although I have heard a lot of people who do work with Lilith, so thank you, um, for that. I love that. Um, yeah. Inanna is another one. Have you heard of her yeah. and her myth? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so
1: yeah. That- she's in that book too, for sure.
0: Cool, um, and she is one of the main, uh, not main characters, but main uh, ways that the the author of The Journey to the Dark Goddess, I forget the author's name, I apologize, we'll drop the link to all these books and stuff in the comments, uh, in the show notes. Uh, so check it out um, if you're interested in furthering your information here. Um, but yeah, she really takes through the Anana myth, um, you know, where she goes to meet, I think that's her sister is the Dark Goddess, but I think she realizes It's really just another version of yourself that you're meeting, you know, as you convene and sit with the dark goddess in the underworld. And we've talked a bit about the underworld, um, but for our listeners who might be a little apprehensive about going down there or, um, you know, not sure, um, you know, because there's a lot of myths, we're not saying, you know, go down to hell, you know, like this is not heaven and hell, you know, type of thing, you know, but the underworld realm. Um, it's so interesting because I've been connecting with it so much more recently. It's actually since I took um, the master class for the transparent oracle with Emily Carding. Um, and she has the transparent tarot as well, which I just love, just yeah. love. Anyways, um, I think it's great for shadow work because you can really layer and see what's hiding underneath. But besides that, besides that, that, that her- is so cool. not this, it is cool. In her master class, she talked of seven directions. So we normally call to the four directions. Like when we're opening circle, right? You call to the four directions. And um, you know, we you can start different ways. Um, as we found, Ash and I have different practices. She opens her circle in the north, which is so interesting to me, because I opened my circle <laughs> in the um so I'm going to go with how I do it cuz that's how I learned East sure. is from the beginning <laughs> and so you start with the the east and you you open your circle and you say you know I call in the guardians and watchtowers of the east element of air and um wow. you talk about what is air thoughts you know um truth justice all those things and then you turn and you go to the south and you say elements of fire passion um you know, creativity, et cetera. To the West, water, um, flow, ease, relationships. You call to the North, ground, earth, mother earth, grounding, thanking for the abundance in this physical realm, right? So we got the four directions. Many people will stop and then say, my circle is now open because I've called to the four directions. However, seven directions, seven. Now I will say, I knew about five and I intuitively just did five. So I called to the above. It seemed like there was also, there's four directions, but there's also above. There is God, source, the universe, angels, you know, there's all that up there. And I also placed my higher self up there. I would call to my higher self up there. However, however, she also calls to the below and you place your hands down. And in the below is the underworld. In the below is the shadow, is the dark goddess, is the ancestor? is the Fae, the realm of the Fae, the um, Hades, Persephone, you know, Hecate, he, uh, Lilith, the dark goddesses, um, and you know, all of the, that you know, your own personal shadow, but also the ancestors. I think that was huge to me that I'm also calling to the ancestors in the underworld, you know what I mean? To me, that support of them from down there um, was so powerful for me. And then that, so that's one, two, three, four five six where's the seventh direction you say within within and so you ground your higher self your higher self is not up there anymore it's now within and that was just it's been so powerful to my practice I cannot say um and and so I just wanted to um share that with everybody it also makes me picture kind of like a Merkava sheep like you have the four and then above and below within so some sort of sacred geometry like with around you um so yeah that's that i just had to yeah. had to that. Yeah.
1: yeah i i've been doing that for a while too um but i like the like the extra pieces you put in there of the underworlds being below too um i see it as like if you call in just four directions you're calling in like a circle but no. you're not protected from the top of the circle to the bottom of the circle. Whereas if you call all seven, then you're like in a sphere of protection instead of just like an open circle.
0: I love that. And yes, speaking of protection, that's something else I wanted to talk about with shadow work and with going to the underworld. Like you do want to put your protections, physical and uh, emotional and uh, energetic protections in place. You know, wear your evil eyes. Um, call in when you're calling in your ancestors, say, I'm calling in those that have my highest and best interest. You know, we're not calling in all the ancestors who might want to do their bidding. No, no, no. We're calling in the ones that are for our highest good here, you know? And also, please, please be aware of your own mental state when you go into the shadow work. If you are already on the edge, if you are having, um, you know, Suicidal thoughts, tendencies, things of that sort. Like please, please take care of yourself and your mental health as you dive into resurfacing traumatic events and please get the support that you need. Know that there is always hotlines available. Know that there is our email address. If you need help, email us. You know, um, if you have yeah, a trusted <laughs> friend, if you have a trusted friend, um, you know, you know, also, you know, um, in the the journey to the dark goddess in Inanna's myth, and this is thousands of years old. She had a ninshabar. That was her woman's servant who she left at the first gate. And she said, I am going to the underworld. If I do not return in three days, she did not bang the drum and get, you know, she had a plan. She had a backup plan for pulling herself out of the underworld. She had somebody who knew she was going into this. So please, all of our listeners, as you, I'm getting chills right now. So this is important for somebody to hear. As you embark on this shadow work, please have a trusted person, therapist, whoever, know that you're doing this work and to check on you and make sure you're okay and return from the underworld, you know?
1: Yeah yeah that's definitely an important part because i mean it it can get darker before it gets light right like um and i've definitely had that where i've had a therapist friends counselor friends help me work through some of it like i've done the work and then i go talk to them um and these days you can also get therapy online like you can even have a a therapist that you can text or a video chat so um definitely you know if you don't have a person in your life that you feel comfortable chatting with this about find someone of that nature where you can just have someone to text to work through anything that's coming up that's too much for you at the time and there's absolutely no shame in getting help from sources that know what they're doing Such as counselors, therapists, or um, anyone else in that realm. Yeah.
0: And we have actually a very good friend, Jessica Alejandro. Um, Is that how do you say her last name? I think so. Apologize if it's not. Um, And um, that she is a licensed certified therapist, but also a shamanic healer. And so she blends her two therapies. So you can find people out there or hit her up, um, you know, um, because she's amazing. But like uh, you can find people out there that that, you know, you might think like because there are many therapists who you'll be like, yes, I dove into the underworld. And they'll be like, oh, gosh, we need to commit her. Like, so don't go to those therapists, maybe look at people who really understand the journey as well.
1: Yes, definitely figure out what um therapists will be good for you i i had one locally that would like um smudge the office first and she was raised in those traditions so um that was fine but like she would do that first and then we would talk um, which was very grounding and that was even before i dove into my spiritual path so um that was like a little mini intro (laughs) i love that that path but there are definitely people that um will support all of your beliefs and all of who you are so you just have to find the right one for you
0: absolutely and before we get off today there's one more thing that i wanted to ask you about and maybe i hope i'm not um you know, getting too far into what you are going to go in uh, to for our meditation, Ash is going to create a shadow work meditation that will take you um, into some shadow work through a meditation, probably give you something to journal about, and then a creative prompt as well. Um, so I, I hope I'm not, um, you know, ruining the surprise or anything that might be in the meditation. Definitely check out the show notes. The free meditation is down there for you to download. So go do the meditation um, and uh, see what comes out of it. Because I'm so excited. I know I'm going to be doing it. Um, And um, so, but one question, and this comes from the shadow work workshop that I took with you and something that was such a, um, again, a life-changing practice for me that you brought up I'd never heard of um, is... The posing the question of what is the worst thing that could happen and like, like letting yourself acknowledge, I'm going to let you talk on it, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay. That that was the section that really, really touched my heart and soul. And I have brought with me in multiple yeah. areas of my life.
1: Yeah. Um, that was a really powerful thing that, um, showed up that I learned, um, that i have been using since then as well um and i'll be doing this meditation along with y'all because it's probably time for me to do another round of shadow work too um so the fear so going to the worst possible outcome like you already have this thought in your mind about whatever is triggering you triggering you or whatever is um coming up right now for your shadow you already have the worst possible thing in your mind um you have that it's already with you um but you're doing everything to avoid it so you're you know if if your worst possible outcome is um i don't know you launch a product and no one buys it like the worst possible outcome is no one buys it You've already got that in your body. So you're already living as though no one's bought your thing. So even though you're doing the things to, you know, share the product and to be like, yes, I'm going to manifest, you know, a thousand sales and I'm doing all these things. You still have this mentality of no one's going to buy it. Like That's still part of your thought process, even though you're doing things that are going to work towards getting your sales so if you already have that if you're already living by that worst possible fear in your body then you're not avoiding it at all it's already there it's already with you so doing the shadow work diving into well what happens if no one buys this thing what happens if my worst fear comes true that's when you're starting to unravel it and let it go and ease through that stress of what if no one buys this thing. Um, and that, was, that was a really powerful practice to be like, okay, if no one buys this thing and I'm already living in this fear, well, no one, no one buys it. And we go on to do another thing. <laughs> Right. Or oh, we're re-strategized, but like it's not the end of your life. Mm-hmm. If no one buys the thing, like there can be something else. Um, and so once you work through like all of the worst possible outcomes, you can start to release them, you can start to let your body relax, even when you're talking about it. And then that's when you stop living with those worst possible fears in your body. If that that's means. so
0: great. It's such a simple practice, but it really works. You just say, oh, I'm scared of this. and like, okay, I'm going to live it out. I'm going to, instead of using all my energy to make sure that this doesn't happen, I'm just going to say, let it happen. And then I'm going to see that whatever it is, is not the end of the world. And now that I've realized that I don't need to worry. And and then those things don't happen because chances are nine out of the 10 things you were worried about aren't actually going to happen in reality anyway. You know, and, and then energetically you unblock it and maybe you'll get those sales that you were, you know, trying to avoid yet still giving energy to that because what you give your intention to is what grows your energy, um, you know, and um, I just wanted to share a little my of bit of my story of how I applied that to my life. Um, yeah. You know, it was um, it was really powerful. It was actually with my son. Um, he's 10 and we got rear-ended, um, you know, it wasn't bad. It was, you know, we were stopped and they accidentally took their foot off the brake and, you know, bumped us. Um, but it shook him real hard, you know, um, he had never really been in an accident before and it was a big bump, you know? And, um, and so, and I had to deal with, you know, the guy in the insurance anyways. So afterwards, like he was still, you know, upset. And so I was able to use this, um, strategy with him, you know, and I said, well, what You know, what's scaring you? What is the worst, the worst thing that could happen? You know? And he said, well, so the accident was big, you know, um, we could die. I could die, you know? And then he said, actually, you know, the worst thing would be if you died and I had to watch you die and like, God, I'm like getting emotional because that like broke my heart. Like that would be the worst thing. And that poor, my poor baby is thinking this and wearing this and having that worry in his body. You know, and and every time I get in the car, like you know, again, so this is a traumatic event that could then be triggering. But instead, let's work through the shadow. This is, I think, what's so important about it: face that worst fear. Instead of saying, "Oh, death is ugly. I don't want to talk to my ten-year-old about death," like you know, this is scary. Like, of course, I wanted to run the other way, but I had—I don't. It was recently we had done this workshop when that happened, or if it just popped into my mind again, like Ash. Worst case scenario, go to the end of it. And so I said, you know, that would be horrible. But let's think of what also would happen. So if you lost your mom, it would be sad. You would, you know, um, you know or if I lost you, you know, like I would be devastated, you know. But like, because as a mother, that would be my worst fear, too, is that if I lived and my son would die in the car accident, you know what I mean? So I was doing the work just as he was. So that would be awful. But do you know what? We would have to go on living because we still have your sister and your dad and there's other people who need us. And we would see the amount of love and support that our friends and our family would use to pick us up in our worst moment. And we can see the love that is there, you know? And so we're able to, even in that worst moment, see what would the silver lining be? What would, would life be over? No, life would not be over. It would be sad. I would miss you like the whole rest of my life without you. I can't imagine. I don't want that to ever happen. But if it did, let's go to that worst case. If it did, we would still be okay. It would be sad and that's okay too, but we'd still be okay. And then it got into a really cool part of the conversation that would have never happened if we hadn't gone to that worst case scenario. I said, look, I've only known you for 10 years, but I." know in my heart that I've known you for many lifetimes. We have been buddies. We have been friends. You've been my dad. Maybe we were brother and sister. Uh, you were a horse. You were my horse, like whatever it was, you know, we've had a lot of lifetimes together, buddy. This is not just a 10 years. This is way more than 10 years of our connection. And in this lifetime, I found you, and in every other lifetime, I will find you. So this is not the end. Even if we die in this lifetime and we are going through this pain, like it's again, go to the end. It's not the end. There's still other lifetimes. And then she said the cutest thing. He's like, okay, mommy, if you die, I want you to come back as a dog and I'm going to look for you in the pet store and you've got a paw at the wall three times and then wag your tail and bark and I'll know it's you and I'll pick you. And it was just the sweetest, um, you know, <laughs> moment. And I'll hold that with me forever, and I'm going to remember in that next lifetime if I die before him as a dog, I'm coming back cause dog's got good luck I know you're two um uh, mine as well, and so, um, I'd love to be his dog, you know so so it just took that worst case scenario, something horrific, losing your child or your mother in a car accident, and what a beautiful moment came from looking that shadow, looking that darkness. In the eye, facing that fear head on, going to the end of the road and saying, what if that worst case happens? And realizing that there that no matter what, you're gonna be okay. And that everything does, I really believe, happen for a reason. We don't know what the reason is. We're not up there with our higher selves that see the trajectory of our life that needed he needed to lose his mother at a young age to become the person he was gonna be. You know, we just don't know. We don't know. And so to put our views of I wish, I want, you know, and so rigid, no, no, we need to be open. I want peace. I want happiness, you know, like, and however that happens is going to be how it happens and look different for everyone. Um, You know, so I think that it's, um, I love that practice. I'm so glad you shared it with me and I'm so glad that we could share it with our listeners um, because I think that's why we see such a rise in um, suicide. I know we've talked about that um, a few times in this show. I don't know why it's coming up and I'm wearing my You Are Enough sweatshirt, which I actually bought um, for Suicide Awareness Month um, on the back mm-hmm. of it. I wait, it says something about to the person standing in line behind me, um, you matter or something like that. Love the person yeah. in front of you, you know, and I figure y'all oh, wear hoodies all the time. Why not? you know, help someone out. So anyways, I think that a rise in suicide is because that people think and feel, especially at young age, that whatever their situation is, is unchangeable, that it's not going to get better. And they have these fears that they're living with. And they're like, just so scared that they're going to happen. Whereas if we could teach our children, if we could teach our adults, Hey, let's in your mind, live out that worst fear is it really as bad as you think it is? It's not, and you're going to be okay. And then maybe they won't make that decision that is so final. Whereas if they had just, you know, breathed through it, like they can get through it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and it, the world right now is so fast paced, especially with social media. Um, So that's, I can't even believe you worked through that with a 10 year old. That's that would be amazing if we all had like that kind of communication with kids, with our kids. Um, Like, I don't think I've ever. Went down that kind of um, space or line with my kids yet, but. um, That's that's powerful. But I'll I'll bring that back to um get the help you need to do that. So like if if you want to do this but you're in a bad headspace right now, like do this with someone. So have someone asking you the questions and walking you through that process, whether it's a workshop or a therapist or a counselor or your friend. Um oh so that you can have that conversation and get to get from that worst fear to that space of like, I'll find you again. <laughs> um, because that's, that's very powerful. And I, I'm still just, I don't think I heard that story from you before. So I'm still just yeah. in awe of that.
0: <laughs> thank you. And, and, and thank you because it was all because of you and your workshop. And that's what I mean, as far as like, And exactly reiterating what you said, if you need the help, if you need the guidance, like I am well-versed in it, but every workshop I took from you, the one I'm in with Kristen, that Hello Sunshine 212, she, you know, is posing questions and making me think things that I wouldn't have gotten to on my own. You know, the books, everything, you know, do you need any of it? No, you can absolutely do it all on your own. However, a little bit of guidance... Is always helpful, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: It is. It is. Um like I was saying, the the world is so fast paced and there's so much out there that if you make like a snap decision, like sometimes that's too fast. Like if you just waited a day. Yes. Um and so having a friend or so or a counselor or whatever, someone to do this work with, it can help get all the extra noise out of your head where you're just focusing on this, you know, one-to-one conversation, um, to slow down, to process it and to work through it and to, um, you know, not let all the outside chaos and noise get in your head with it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been such a powerful episode and I am so thankful to share this space with you, all of our listeners. Again, our whole goal here is to create a safe, sacred space to explore all of these topics. Some will be more fun and, uh, you know, like we're looking forward to, you know, uh, upcoming episodes about moon manifestation, what to do on the full moon, what to do on the new moon and things of that sort. Uh, But there's also going to be some deep dives into tough topics like this one. So I'm so glad that our listeners are along for the ride and I hope they enjoyed this episode.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we were able to do this today. And uh, if anyone listening has questions or comments, you can reach us at our Gmail account. It's magicallifepod at gmail.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well. And until next time. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Your Magical Life. We hope you enjoyed it. Drop a comment and let us know what you liked and what you'd like to see more of.
1: We love hearing from our listeners and featuring your most requested topics in our Q&A section. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And don't forget to check the show notes for bonus content.
0: Send us your stories, questions, and comments to magicallifepod
1: at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time as we continue to explore, create, and manifest more magic into our daily lives. Until then, I'm Crystal. And I'm Ash. Take care and keep making magic.